The Gov Innovator Podcast is sponsored by MDRC, committed to finding solutions to some of the most difficult problems facing the nation, from reducing poverty to bolstering economic self-sufficiency to improving public education and college graduation rates. To learn more, visit mdrc.org. Welcome to the podcast. I'm Andy Feldman. We focus today on the wins for evidence-based policymaking within the recent bipartisan budget deal. To give us highlights, my guest is Nick Hart from the Bipartisan Policy Center. The budget deal passed by Congress and signed by the president last week is 652 pages long. Within the document, there are several noteworthy victories for evidence-based policy. Those wins, I think it's fair to say, suggest that there's continuing bipartisan support for using evidence and data and innovation to improve the results and cost-effectiveness of federal programs and policies. To walk us through the most notable wins, we're joined by Nick Hart. He's the director of the Evidence-Based Policymaking Initiative at the Bipartisan Policy Center. Nick, welcome back to the podcast. Andy, thanks for the invitation. Happy to be here. So Nick, start us off with the big picture, if you would. We don't want to overstate things. These are a few noteworthy advances for evidence-based policy in a huge federal budget, but they do seem to signal that Congress in particular is trying to find ways to move the evidence agenda forward. Yeah, that's right. These are some major wins for advocates of evidence-based policymaking. This is not just a proposal anymore. Uh, The things that are in this budget deal are now real. They are law. And so this is legislation that really signals strong support coming out of Congress and, frankly, from the president about the value of using evidence in policymaking. And the fact that these programs receive support in uh, in a continuing resolution bill is really an encouraging sign. Uh, This legislation talks about evaluation more than 100 times. The term evidence shows up more than 40. And the mere presence of those terms tells us that there's growing demand for evidence-building activities in Congress. And that's awesome. Agreed. One important advance is a $100 million pay-for-success act. This is broader than just social impact bonds. It's about paying for results where federal agencies will create projects with states and localities, and the feds will provide payments if certain predefined outcomes are met. Tell us more about it. That's exactly right. This is a piece of legislation that's really been under development for the last couple Congresses. Essentially what it does is it establishes some requirements for federal agencies to provide resources to state and local entities for projects that connect payments for contractors and those contracts to the success of predefined and measurable outcomes. So essentially what that means is we will be conducting evaluations on uh, a lot of different activities that are supported under these arrangements and using those evaluation results to determine how much to pay the contractors. Uh, Congress appropriated $100 million to fund this initiative to launch the work, to launch real projects, to uh, begin this exercise of, of demonstrating pay for success. Uh, there's also some stuff included in the legislation around uh, better coordination of these activities across the federal government, and it actually establishes a commission as well. And so what that means is it's a good sign that Congress is is really interested in uh, the model uh, as a potential model for developing and scaling up evaluation activities across the government and states and local entities. So uh, this is a this is a pretty exciting one. Another win was reauthorizing the federal home visiting program that provides voluntary nurse home visits to pregnant women, most of whom are low income, and it requires grantees to use evidence-based models 
Tell us more about this program, which goes by the acronym MICV. So MICV stands for the Maternal, Infant, and Early Childhood Home Visiting Program. This has long been held up as a model of an evidence-based program that the federal government has. Ultimately, it, it seeks to help kids succeed and be healthy, uh, sends nurses to homes for at-risk children, targets uh, pregnant women and caregivers uh, of young kids to ultimately provide uh, educational services and some knowledge brokering to help those kids be healthy. Um, So the model is itself one where requires grantees to use uh, strategies that have been rigorously tested and are shown to be effective. And there's actually some new language here in the legislation that introduces payments to grantees based on outcomes. So somewhat similar in concept to the the pay for success uh, activities we were just discussing. Uh, It also establishes data exchange standards to make evidence building easier in the future. And this is one of those things that's, you know, probably not the most exciting for people out there who are are generally interested in the program. But for those of us that work in the evidence building space, this is really exciting. Uh, One of the big challenges in conducting large national scale evaluations or even uh, comparing programs to each other is often the data that we collect uh, have different meanings. And so if we can apply some data exchange standards, it makes uh, sharing those data, using those data, and ultimately evaluating using those data much, much easier. Right. If you want to try and compare Model A with Model B, for example, it really helps if both programs are defining, let's say, child outcomes the same way. Nick, the next notable advance is a new approach to foster care. It's called the Family First Prevention Services Act. Tell us about that, if you would. Family First is a piece of legislation that was developed over the last several years and really was in line with a series of recommendations that came out of what was called the Commission to Eliminate Child Abuse and Neglect Fatalities back in 2016. Uh, The bill would essentially require implementation of certain evidence-based prevention activities in the foster care program. And that's really an interesting sign because it indicates that there's this goal of reducing inappropriate or unnecessary foster care placements. And that's essentially something that probably nobody's going to really object to. But what Congress is saying here is that we need to make evidence-based decisions about these preventative services to uh, reduce the likelihood of inappropriate deployment of the program. Uh, so this is a just really classic case of how we can build evidence designs into programs and, and do that successfully. So hopefully this will ultimately have some major improvements to the outcomes that we see in the foster care program. Well said. Big picture, this is evidence-based requirements for the preventive side of that program. So that's important. Nick, I'd like to highlight one more advance, which is increased funding for the census. And that's connected to evidence-based policy since those data are used by researchers uh, as well as program managers to make data-informed decisions. Yeah, so the 2020 census is a major undertaking in the federal government and at the Census Bureau. Uh, We do this every 10 years. There's a a count of the population. And ultimately, that count is absolutely fundamental for much of the evidence building we do in government, uh, much of the research that happens in the social sciences. And ultimately, the census is the benchmark for so many of our survey methodologies out there. So it's really important that we get it right. Uh, Last year, the administration uh, appealed to Congress that they needed more money to fund the census and to keep everything on track for the 2020 count. It was not totally clear that that money was going to come through, but we are excited to see that some additional funding, $182 million, was included in this uh, Bipartisan Budget Act, and 
Um, hopefully that'll keep things on track for the current year. And you know that's that's really good news because census has a lot of work to do to meet operational and system testing deadlines to make sure that when they go out in the field to do the census count, everything works right. And we need that to happen. I think it's fair to say that depending on your politics for our listeners, there will be things in this budget agreement that you like and that you won't like. But no matter where you are on the political spectrum, it's very good to see these bipartisan advances to strengthen the use of data and evidence. It's also interesting to note that all these advances were in the area of social policy. That's obviously very important, but it is a reminder that we need to keep pushing for the greater use of evidence and data outside of social policy in other types of federal agencies. Just my closing commentary. Nick, thanks so much for being with us and for giving us a useful overview. Thanks for having me. 